today. Oh, today I'm so excited with what God is going to reveal to you today. Yes. You're going to receive keys to the kingdom today. God is going to reveal how to access the kingdom, the kingdom of God. How to access the power of God. How to be in a place where miracles are moving. How to see the supernatural lifestyle in your life always. How to walk in the power of God. How to have authority that Jesus has given you. How to actually have it and use it. This is what you're going to learn today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This is God's will for you. The kingdom of God is not a matter of talk, but of power. So to be experiencing him in power all the time and to walk in his power, that is 100% his will for your life. That is, it is, it is. But in Christianity, this has become rare. Because there is a way to access the kingdom. It doesn't come automatically, but there are keys. There are principles. There are secrets in the kingdom. And you need to have eyes to see and be able to hear. There needs to be anointed vessels to release the word. Hallelujah. Amen. So this is what you are going to learn today. Amen. Matthew 7, 21. It says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and in your name perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. So he says that there are people who will say, Lord, Lord. There are people who will go to church every Sunday. There are people who will worship him who will sing praises to him, who will even be pastoring and preaching, but he won't know them. They won't enter the kingdom of heaven. This scripture, it says there's some that will say, Lord, Lord, but they will not enter the kingdom of heaven. It also means they won't access the kingdom of God when they are here on this earth. So this is a serious matter. Like when we see certain scriptures like this, it should make us pause. Pause and, and, and see, this is serious. There are some people saying, Lord, Lord, who will not go to heaven? Well, I better figure out that I'm how to not be one of those. Amen? Amen. Well, what does it say in the scripture? It says, only those who do the will of my Father. Only they. This reveals to us the key. What Christians will not access the kingdom and go into the kingdom of heaven, and which will? Those who will do the will of the Father. The will of the Father. The will of God. The will of God is not something to take lightly. But we need to be serious. God, what is your will? What is your will for my life? What is your will for the church that I'm at? What is your will for how church should be done? What is your will in how I should be a disciple? How I should spread the word? How I should pray? Not my way of going to church, of being a Christian, of praying, of having a relationship with God, 
But what is your way, God? As believers, we need to take it seriously. What is your will, God? Finding the will of God isn't looking at the majority. Finding the will of God is not looking at Christian culture. Finding the will of God is not listening to anybody who speaks to you. Amen. Finding the will of God is not listening to any famous preacher. Amen. Amen. That's not finding the will of God. A place to start of finding the will of God is to read the word of God. Like, like with with your heart. Don't, don't, don't just read it like you're going through the motions. Okay, I did my duty, my religious duty for the day. But you read this, you come across the scripture that we just read. And you pause. And you humble yourself. God, I want to be in your will. Not just going through the motions, doing what everyone else is doing. Just going to church. Oh, this is what everyone's doing. This is a... All my Christian friends are doing this. Just, I must be right. Just not giving any thought. What is your will, Father? Like reading certain scriptures in the Bible that says you will do the things I did and greater. Like looking, reading at the book of Acts and seeing how the Acts church looked. Simply reading about the miracles that occurred. How that was the norm. How when you look at the book of Acts and you look at the church that was there, that was there, and you look at the church now, it's easy to see, the church by and large, I'm saying, it's easy to see, they don't look much alike. Okay, so when you're reading the Bible with this heart of God, I want your will, I want to hear from you, reverent, not just going through the motions, but you read that, you read the book of Acts, and you pause. You, you just pause. You, you pause. You, you just read it with an open heart. God, speak to me. And if you read it with an open heart, God, speak to me. You, you see, wow, miracles were happening. I don't see anywhere in the book of Acts that it says church is only supposed to be like this with the power of God for the first hundred years and then it ends and then it's all entertainment and stuff and lukewarm Christianity, right? Yeah. I, it's not hard when you can come with an open heart. God will start to open up your eyes and you start to see, ah, I don't know if where I'm at is your will, God. I want to be in your will. Amen. I'm not sure if how I'm being a Christian, being a disciple, how I pray for people, how I execute authority, if I even am. I don't know if that's right, actually. Humble, humble. But what I what I know, God, is I want to be in your will. Amen. Most of Christianity today... The churches don't have the power of God, and it's become about entertainment, comedy, or flashiness, or fame, or a so socializing. But that isn't God's will. Many people are coming with wrong motives. Sometimes churches were built out of wrong motives. God wants the reason you come to church to be him alone. The purity of heart of, I just want to encounter God. I'm coming to church to encounter God and to grow, to be equipped as a disciple. Not I came to show off my outfit. Not I came to meet a boyfriend or girlfriend or my husband or wife. Not I came to rub some elbows, you know, we're in LA. Rub some shoulders, what's the saying? Some sh shoulders, whatever the saying is, you know what I mean? <laughs> um, you know, make connections. Church isn't about social life. Church isn't about showing off. Church isn't about entertainment. Church is about Jesus. Hallelujah. About encountering him, letting his ha him have his way among the body. 
body and being equipped, being equipped so you can be a strong disciple of God. That's what it is. That's what it's about. Amen. That's what it's about. And so this passage that we read here, those that say, Lord, Lord, but and they even did signs and wonders and miracles, but I never knew them. The enemy has different schemes. So back then his scheme was, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna have believers be about pride and power and be doing be be misusing the power of God. That was the scheme of the enemy. And that is still around today in some ways. But we have we see a different scheme of the enemy today, in today's time. We have a different scheme than, than what Jesus was talking about back then. The different scheme now is many people don't believe in the power of God because they haven't seen it. Or many people have distaste towards the power of God because it was misrepresented. Or people came to them and said, oh, that's creepy. Oh, that's of the devil. Oh, that stuff's not real. This has been a strategic scheme of the enemy especially and specifically in America to make people creeped out weirded out by the Holy Spirit amen this is a, this is why we see church how it is it was a strategy of the enemy so over time it's the church by and large has morphed into this entertainment social club flashy place entertainment so now the scripture reads, now prophetically, I can say prophetically, because this is why we need apostles and prophets and evangelists and pastors and teachers of today, Amen. not just in the Acts church, but of today, we need them today to speak a rhema word today. Today, I'm not speaking to you. You better not be um, doing signs, wonders, and miracles, but not being about God's will. I'm not preaching that to you today. That's not the issue I see in the spiritual realm today for you. But I see the issue in the spiritual realm today, prophetically, for you. I see that the scripture would say, many people say, Lord, Lord, but they have no heart for my will. They reject my power, my spirit. They grieve my spirit. They treat my spirit so casually, without respect and honor. I can't wait for this revival to grow and grow and grow because the church will have a different reputation. Amen. You know, in the Acts church, people were running to the church to receive healing. And there was so much respect. Even people who weren't really believers, they could see God was with them. God was with them. And so their enemies respected them. So as we go on today, as this revival grows, there will be such respect. Oh my goodness, revival in the park. Let's honor and respect that. Let's, you know, amen. Let's, let's not bring any distraction. Amen. This word today, this is why the enemy is, has fought this word today, because this word today, God wants you to know how worthy he is of giving respect and honor and reverence. Amen. Jesus is alive here today. We need to treat him like that. Amen. So today, this passage that I just read, God is warning this now. Many people, many people, many even preachers, pastors, Lord, 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 Lord. They're saying Lord, Lord, but they don't care about how God really wants to move. They don't care about the power of God. They don't want it. They don't want to lay hands on the sick. They don't want it. They want to keep up with their entertainment, social, club, fame, whatever. So this is how we access the kingdom. When we reject the power, when we're doing things our own way, God's, God isn't there. God doesn't force himself. He's not there. Where he's not welcomed, he does not come. The only reason we are seeing the power of God working right now is because it started with just one, two, 
than three people who could see the preciousness, the value of this anointing, the value of when God moves in power. Amen. The power of God is not everywhere. We see it on Apostle Paul. It says in Acts 19.11, God kept releasing a flow of extraordinary miracles through the hands of Paul. Extraordinary, it says. Because of this, people took Paul's handkerchiefs and articles of clothing, even pieces of cloth that had touched his skin, laying them on the bodies of the sick and diseases, and demons left them, and they were healed. Wow, that's a powerful anointing that Paul carried. There was a location where the anointing was working. But it says, Acts 19.13, Now there were seven itinerant Jewish exorcists, sons of Sceva the high priest, who took it upon themselves to use the name and authority of Jesus over those who were demonized. They would say, we cast you out in the name of the Jesus that Paul preaches. One day when they said those words, the demon and the man replied, I know about Jesus and I recognize Paul, but who do you think you are? Then the demonized man jumped on them and threw them on the ground, beating them mercilessly. He overpowered the seven exorcists until they all ran out of the house naked and badly bruised. So here we see these people, they believe, these exorcists, they believed in Jesus. They believed in the power of Jesus. They were using his name. They were confessing his name. They believed in Jesus but they could not access the kingdom. And in fact, the devils, the demons were beating them up. The demons overpowered them. The power of God is not magic. Just because you're a Christian, it's not magic power of God. This is why yokes come in believers' lives and they stay there because they need to access the kingdom. They need the power of God. A Christian without the power of God, without without accessing the kingdom of God, is, is less powerful than the devil. The demons have more power. So people, there's many people today who have yokes, are struggling with yokes in their lives, with bondages in their lives that are Christians and they are confused and they are like, I love Jesus, I'm praying, why isn't this happening? It's because the kingdom of God is needed to be accessed in their life. There's a location like we see with Paul. There's a positioning that needs to happen like you people coming here. That's why there's a pull from some people to even fly here across the country because God is like, I want to break every yoke in your life. Amen. I want to pour out my power on you. Amen. But Amen. there's a way in order in which I move. Yes. It's not magic. It's not whatever way you want. I have order. I have a way in which I move. And when you get in line with this order, yes. you access the kingdom. Amen. Then I move yes. and I break every single yoke. Nothing is impossible. You see, God wants to remove every yoke in your life, wants complete freedom and healing for you more than you want it. You are crying day and night, but God cries more. He wants it more because he loves you so much. You know, like a parent wishes they could take the pain from their child or hurts them more. God wants it more for you, but we have to do it his way. Hallelujah. We have to position ourselves to receive what he wants to give to us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, number one, number one to access the kingdom, we have to want God's will. We have to have that heart. God, I want you. When we don't have that heart, we're stuck. We're complacent. We don't move. But when you have this heart, God, I want your will. God, I want to be used by you how you want. I want to be in a church that you want, where you are actually moving. Amen. 
every area of my life, God, I want your will. When that's your heart, he is faithful. He is faithful. He is faithful. He is faithful. Like you here who have come here, that was your heart. And so God was just, God put things in your spirit. When you have that open heart, it's easy for God. Oh, it's easy. He will lead you. I'm a testimony in my life. He will lead you. When you have this heart, I want your will. He says, all right, I'm going to show you my kingdom. I'm going to show you how to access it. That's all I needed was your heart to desire my will. Thank you, Jesus. Number two, Luke 10, 17. It says, so, so, so Jesus sent out his disciples whom he chosen who had childlike hearts, who were not like the Pharisees, who were religious elite people, know-it-alls. Thought they were so smart when it came to things in the spirit. They didn't have an open childlike heart. When I say childlike, I mean ready to learn anything new, humble. To become childlike, you have to humble yourself. Knowing that God is the creator of this whole universe. Who am I to think I know everything spiritually? No matter how long I've been a Christian, no matter how many times I've read the Bible front to back, no matter my position, my status, even if one is a famous preacher, that doesn't mean that they're completely in God's will. Amen. These things in, in every area, in every area from, from baby to until we die, we need to humble ourselves and realize there is so much that I don't know compared to God. God's mind versus my mind. And I humble myself to learn through other people, to learn through people younger than me, to learn who pe through people I wouldn't expect. God can move through anybody. I humble myself. I am like a child. So Jesus sent out the disciples on a on a ministry, on a ministry trip where he said where he's like he gave them power anointing and he and he says, Okay, go minister. Go minister, go cast out demons, go heal the sick. And so they came back, Luke ten, seventeen. And when they came back, when they when the 70 of, 70 of them returned to Jesus, they were ecstatic with joy, telling Jesus, Lord, even the demons obeyed us when we commanded them in your name. So here we see, oh, these guys have, have learned how to access the kingdom. The power of God was really working, casting the demons out. Luke 10, 18, Jesus replied, while you were ministering, I watched Satan topple until he fell suddenly from heaven, like lightning to the ground. Now you understand that I have imparted to you my authority to trample over his kingdom. You will trample upon every demon before you and over e overcome every power Satan possesses. You will overcome every power that Satan possesses. Absolutely nothing will harm you as you walk in this authority. Verse 21. Then Jesus, overflowing with the Holy Spirit's joy, explained, Father, thank you, for you are Lord supreme over heaven and earth. You have hidden the great revelation of this authority from those who are proud those wise in their own eyes and you have shared it with these who humbled themselves yes father this is what pleases your heart to give these things to those who are like trusting children wow this is so powerful this reveals who gets the power of God the honor to walk in the power of God, to do God's work. This reveals it here, right here. Only those who have humbled themselves to become like a child, those who are not proud and wise in their own eyes, not know-it-alls, 
it says here that only these disciples who were childlike, that they only them have eyes to see where God is moving. Matthew 13, 10. When you have a childlike heart, when you have a childlike heart, this is what opens up your eyes in the spiritual realm. This is the secret right here. You want to know how to see in the spiritual realm? Do you want to know how to access wisdom? Do you want to know how to discern, how to discern God's will? Becoming like a child. This literally is what opens up your eyes to see where God is moving. This is what opens up your eyes to see this is of God. This is a person of God. This is what opens up your eyes to see the miracles, these, these miracles. This is Jesus. This, this is Jesus. And this is his will. This is what opens up your eyes to see they seem like they love God and everything here, but I don't, I don't sense God here. I don't sense him moving here. Even though they're confessing, Lord, Lord, even though they seem to really love God, and they're really awesome, nice people, I love them, and they're my friends. But I don't sense God moving here at work. It's these eyes that can sense when there's someone with a religious spirit or someone with a Pharisee spirit who speaks against you, who says, that's not God. Like the Pharisees, they were saying that Jesus was doing miracles by the power of Satan. And they also called him possessed another time by Satan. So the Pharisees were the religious elite people of that day. So they, I mean, they had confidence. They're like, yes, this is all the scripture. This is God's will. They had popularity. They had fame. So in the worldly wisdom way, they looked like they're the ones to listen to. In the worldly wisdom way, you see, okay, someone who has fame, someone who has a huge following, someone who is really like confident, someone who really knows their stuff, like they know the Bible really well, you know, um, this is who to listen to. They're the best. They're the best. So if they say, like, that's not God, that's the demon, that's the devil, like the power of God moving, when they say that, you believe them in the worldly wisdom way. But godly wisdom is the opposite. Godly wisdom is purely about childlike hearts. So many of you here, I'm telling you this right now, many of you here can see into the spiritual realm, know God's will, can hear his voice, can sense where he is, and other people who, who have read so much more of the Bible than you, who seem way more confident about the things of God than you, who are even famous preachers, they, they, they can't see God at all. But you can you can. It's those who become childlike. These nobody tax collector fishermen dudes had eyes big open in the spiritual realm. Big. But these Pharisees, famous religious people, could see nothing. Matthew 13.10 when you have eyes like this, the disciples could even understand Jesus when he spoke in parables. He, they could discern God's voice. Matthew 13, 10, the disciples came to him and asked, why do you speak to the people in parables? He replied, because the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of heaven has been given to you, but not to them. You will be ever hearing Oh, um, this is what it's saying about people who don't have childlike hearts and can't see. It says, you will be ever hearing, but never understanding. You will be ever seeing, but never perceiving. For this people's heart has become calloused. They hardly hear with their ears, and they have closed their eyes. So you need to understand, this is how the spiritual 
things work. I've seen children come here at Revival in the Park, and I can see their, their arms lifted, them amazed at the God of miracles. I can see that they can see Jesus where elite ministers cannot. Really. This how it works in the this is how it works in the kingdom. And oh God wants you to know this because you have to protect this. Like what you've been given of having eyes to see, having this childlike heart and now being able to see. This is Jesus. This is where he is. This is what his will is. This is the meaning of the scripture. This is the revelation. This is the true revelation of him as I read the scripture, not the religious revelation, but this is the true revelation. What you have is so precious. You have to protect it. You have to renew your mind to this truth. Have some confidence in yourself. This is how the kingdom works. Have some confidence in yourself because the enemy hates that you can see. And so his only scheme to try to get you to unsee is by sending people your way saying you're wrong and I know I'm right. Say no, this is really God's will. No, no, this. There are people out there, it says it in the word of God, they've calloused their hearts They've closed their eyes. And we have to be so discerning, you know, because it'll be people that confess that they love God. Really. So we have to, we have to be confident in what we've received and not let them take it. Not let them make us question what we've received. When you have your eyes open like this, you know, there's this knowing, like, I've met Jesus. I've encountered Jesus. He spoke to me. There's this, I, there's this knowing. There's no doubt. Amen. Have you all experienced that? No one can tell you anything different. You need to carry that with you. You need to go back to that place. The enemy will want you to doubt that later on, sending people to you. Never doubt it. Treasure it. Protect it. Be aware. Be aware that the attacks will come. Be aware. This is the most precious thing in the world. The kingdom, the kingdom that God has given you is the most precious thing in the entire world. Hallelujah. So when you humble yourself and you become like a child, you know, you become like a child. A child is like ready to learn. A child empties themselves out. You empty yourself from what you've, everything you've known. Meaning, you give God permission to confound you, to remove things that you thought were true but weren't. You give him permission. You, you hold everything in your hands like, God, have your way. Fill me with what you want to fill me with. This hunger allows him to fill you. The Bible says that God fills the hungry. He doesn't fill the filled, the full. If we are full, I know everything, then God doesn't move. You stay there. But when you empty yourself out, now God has somewhere to put it. And when the, the hunger is, is, is the key of what brings God to move in your life. You have to empty yourself, make yourself hungry. And when you're hungry, you are hungry for spiritual food. You are hungry for more of God. You are hungry to receive from him. This is what you're hungry for. Now, Jesus in the Bible says, my real food is to do the work of my father is to do the will of my Father. This is my true food. And so when you can humble yourself, become like a child, empty yourself out, you've now become hungry. And what you're hungering for is what Jesus spoke of, to be in God's will, to find the more of him, 
to be used by him. This is what you're hungering for. And when you've gotten in this position of hunger, I'm hungering, I'm hungering. What do you do? You now look for food. You now go seeking. You now go seeking. God needs you to be hungry so now you can seek. Even if it means booking a flight, you seek. Because this is God's amazing way of finding him. The Bible says you will seek me and you will find me. You will seek me and you will find me when you seek me with your whole heart. God has made himself hidden so that only the pure, true disciples, pure hearts, can find him. This is why he hid things in parables. This is why he makes it this way that we have to seek him. He doesn't force himself on. This kingdom of God is precious. It's not to be misused. It's to be valued, honored, revered. And so in order for that to happen, God has to hide it. And only allow you with pure hearts that just want his will to find him. This is why we have to seek him. Here's the secret. This is why we have to seek him. His ways are so amazing. I was so, I was so excited for what God is going to do today because a prayer of mine has been answered today. I know, I know it's been answered even before, but it was like really, really concrete, this prayer. This prayer, we would pray this prayer. We would pray this prayer at Revival in the Park that the people who would come to Fivefold Church, 5F Church, would come with pure hearts, hungering only Jesus, nothing else. That that would be the motive, that would be the only reason they come is to encounter Jesus. They wouldn't come because of hype. They wouldn't come for socializing. They wouldn't come to show off clothes. They wouldn't come for the music even. They would just come purely to encounter God. This is what we prayed for. And here we are in a little park, small still and growing, and, and God has sent three ladies to fly across the country. And I know that we don't have any of those things. We don't have flashy lights here. We don't have fame. We don't have a huge fancy building right now. But the power of God is flowing here. And I know that what's brought them and what's brought all of you is nothing but Jesus. Is nothing but to encounter him and for him to have his way. I'd never want to be in a church. I never want this church to be casual. To go through the motions another Sunday. I never want us to forget how precious and valuable it is, this Jesus, our Jesus. How precious and valuable it is for him to move in power, especially in this day, it's rare. It wasn't rare as much in the book of Acts, but whether it's rare, whether it's not, because as we go on with the revival, it won't be as rare. But whether it's rare or not, it is the most precious thing in the world. The move of God, his Holy Spirit, the move of his Holy Spirit, miracles that happened. Every miracle is worthy to praise him for, is worthy to shout on the rooftops for is worthy to get so excited for. I never want to be bored. No. And to be this way, to be this way, to to value Jesus, to value true Jesus, his true kingdom of God, which is not a talk but a matter of power, to value his works, his move. We have to see him rightly. We have to see him for who he is. 
Apostle Peter, th- now this, this passage is very powerful when we're talking about how to access the kingdom of God. It's plain in scripture. This is powerful. Matthew six thirteen. Jesus gave a little test to the disciples. He gave a little test. It says, when Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippa, he asked his disciples, who do people say the son of man is? He was giving the disciples a little test. Who, how are people talking about me? Who do they say I am? What are they saying about me, guys? He was giving them a little test. Verse 14, they replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others, Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. So Jesus says, okay, but what about you? Who do you say I am? Simon Peter steps up. He answers, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. Jesus immediately replies, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. I will give you now the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Then he orders his disciples not to tell anyone that he was the Messiah. Wow. So when Peter saw Jesus rightly, not just as a prophet or any important person or any smart, wise person or a religious person, but no, as the Son of God, as the Messiah, when Peter saw him rightly, This is what unlocked the keys of the kingdom to Peter right then and there. When he saw him rightly. And not just that, but he says, I will build my church upon you. So to be used by God to access his kingdom, we have to see Jesus rightly. Rightly meaning he's our Lord. He created this whole earth. We should never be casual when it comes to him. And when we come to church, like right now, it should never be casual. Oh, it's another Sunday. We should be expectant and excited every single Sunday. Because God is alive and he's here and he's going to move. He's going to He's here. His true kingdom is here. Maybe not everywhere, but his true kingdom is here. And so we should prepare our hearts the night before, throughout the week, the morning of. I'm going to have an appointment with Jesus today. He's going to move in power in my life and in other people's lives. My friend that I'm going to bring She's going to have an encounter with Jesus. A miracle is going to happen in my friend's life. He or she, my friend's life. Strangers that I don't know, but who are my brothers and sisters in Christ that have been suffering in bondage for so long. God's going to free them today. He's going to because he's alive. He's moving here. And that's his desire and will to do so. So, God's looking for us to see him rightly. The God of miracles, worthy of such respect and honor, worthy of our time, worthy enough to come once a week to church, worthy enough to invite others to receive him, worthy enough to serve him here, worthy enough to give to his work. Worthy enough to give your whole life to him and allow him to use you however he wants. See him rightly. You are Lord. And you are not far away, but you are here. 
you are here right now. You are here inside me. And you are here in our midst. The miracle worker is here. When you can see him this way, now he sees that you're trustworthy. Now he sees that he can entrust you with his anointing, with his power. When someone is rigid and is not open to receiving from God and has skepticism or judgment, even in a place where the power of God is, God won't move. They can't be entrusted with this. He doesn't force himself. He has a way. He wants it for them, but he has a way. Like Jesus could not do any miracles in his hometown. But when we see him rightly, this is the action of us welcoming him to move and do what he wants. This is the action of, of, of saying, God, have your way in me, have your way in this church, have your way in my life, have your way in this place, have your way in every person's life here. God can see now, ah, I can entrust them with the keys of the kingdom. I can entrust them with the deeper things of the spiritual realm. I'm going to now reveal to them really the way to receive more and more of my anointing. I'm going to open up my, their spiritual eyes. Notice Jesus says, wow, it was only God who can open up your eyes to see who I really am. So when you have this heart to see him rightly, God will open up your spiritual eyes more and more and more. This is what makes him to move. Hallelujah. All of the miracles that we've seen here has, has, has only been because hearts here were willing for God to move, had this heart, weren't showing up judgmental, skeptical, but were hungry for God to move. This is what makes him to move. This is what brings the outpouring. This is what brings revival. This is it. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So, let's go in the spiritual realm now. I know that there's like background music going and distractions and stuff. We're in the park, I know. But that doesn't change the fact that Jesus is alive here right now. If we can go on our phones and text while we have background music on and other people talking in the background, we even talk to somebody as we're texting. Like if we can discipline ourselves to focus in that way and multitask, isn't Jesus worthy of our focus right now? Isn't he worthy of our discipline right now? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Let's revere him right now. Let's revere him right now. All of the angels and everyone in heaven are worshiping him every single moment. This is how worthy he is to be praised, to be respected, to be revered. This is how worthy he is. Just close your eyes and focus on him right now. He is here with you. And I see him along with all of the angels in heaven rejoicing in what you are about to receive. I see a reward coming upon you now for everything you have endured to come here right now, for all of the spiritual battles you've overcome, for all the money you've spent, for everything you've done to come here to sit at the feet of Jesus and receive from him, I see a mighty reward that God is about to release to you now. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. God is the God of miracles is now going to move upon you, every single one of you. I release this anointing to come touch you now, every one of you. May the power of God touch you now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. 
God is going to be freeing people now of bondages of the enemy. Every work of the enemy in your life, I declare it to be broken now in Jesus' name. Be free now. Every yoke of depression, I declare, go now in Jesus' name. Every suicidal spirit, go now in Jesus' mighty name. Spirit of anxiety, go now in Jesus' name. Every mental disorder, go now in Jesus' name. Every mental sickness, go now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. He is moving. I see him moving upon you now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Every person here who needs healing in their body, I declare sickness to go out of your body now. Pain in everybody, I command it to go now in Jesus' name. Every spirit of poverty, go now in Jesus' mighty name. Every spirit of trauma that's held you back and haunted you, even in your dreams, I declare it to go now in Jesus' name. Spirit of abuse, abuse, abuse trauma that's happened to you, I remove that bondage created by the enemy from that, and I declare healing to you now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. I uproot every attack of the enemy to keep you out of God's will, to keep you from receiving God's will in Jesus' name. Go now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord.